everybody. In the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. And we're happy you are spending some time with us. Chip and Zay, three to five edition on a Monday. Why? Because we're talking to Steve Sarkeesian and the players today. Zay, it was a conversation after another win. We're we're doing a winners and losers Monday from here on out. Winner, Texas Longhorns. Um, it was here's what we can safely say about these Texas Longhorns. Eh, you're gonna get a stretch of really good football during a game, and you're gonna get a stretch of wake up, guys, wake up, wake up. And we got that stretch. Uh, of really good football in the second half. The first half was kind of uh, uh, like a lot of self-inflicted wounds, a lot of some quite a couple questionable calls. Hate to talk about that, but um, it uh, it was you know a good win, a ten-point win on the road. Could have been a lot worse if they didn't get called for. Like Keaton Crawford, I'm almost going to put you in the loser category today because of that stupid block in the back. Just put your hands up like you're like you're trying to screen somebody. Don't put your hands on a guy whose back is to the play. Yeah, did he think it was Jared Hufford? Right. Because <laughs> that was dumb as hell. Oh, my, come on, dude. And then you see Jeff Banks, like, you were at the game, but on TV, Chip, you saw Jeff Banks on the sideline talking to him, like, dude, you're smarter than that. You're better than that. Like, you didn't even need to really be in the way for Zay Worthy to take that thing to the apartments. And unfortunately, yeah, self-inflicted wounds, like you said, that was a bad move by a veteran player that you don't expect to make those type of mistakes on special teams. Yeah, that was that was rough. But um, you know, Quinn Ewers, winner for gutting it out. He's not healthy. He's not close. I mean, it might be 75%, it might be 70%, but you know, he's skipping some passes here and there. It's it's not it's not ideal, but it's it's gonna hopefully get a little better each week. We've said that injury is not gonna fully recover until he stops playing football. He got sacked four times, which was a concern, but um, made plays when he had to make them. And CJ Baxter, Zay, I mean, look, 22 carries, 117 yards. You'll take it. And Jaden Blue, Jaden Blue, he just, Jaden Blue just needs some reps, but I thought it was cool that he was the one in there for the fourth and one to seal the victory and, um, you know, both of them caught a couple passes. They didn't really do much in the in the catch and run game, but they can both catch the football. So, yeah, yeah um, Chip, I don't mean to cut you off, but you're mentioning Jaden Blue, which I agree. That dude definitely deserves credit. The play that Texas fans aren't going to remember very much that was huge for Jaden Blue was when it was third and 13 and Jaden Blue got seven yards to make the Burt Auburn field goal, 42 yards to put it 29 to um, – or 26 to 16. That was a huge play. That was After a big play. another horrible play call. 
Yes. On second and nine. Yeah, not the best play. To throw yeah. the ball behind the line yeah. of scrimmage and eat it for a four-yard loss. I thought we'd learned our lesson last week, Zay, after the third and one. And no. Run yeah. the ball downhill. Run the ball downhill. Or throw it past the sticks. I mean, or throw it forward. I mean, come on. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard yeah, it's enough. It's predictable. The screen passes, the bubble screens, and the smoke screens. It's starting to become really predictable to a lot of these coordinators and defenses that the Horns face from week to week. So, yeah, I, they, they need to switch it up a little bit. Switch it up, especially in key situations like that. But, yeah, man, C.J. Baxter, that dude, everybody knew, losing Jonathan Brooks, who was icy, by the way. Shout out to Jay Brooks, man. He needs to put some of that ice on his chain on that ACL. Maybe he'd get back. That's how much ice he had on. But everybody knew without 24, what was – you know, what are we going to see coming into Ames against the, you know, arguably the best defense in the Big 12 and to put up over 117 yards to not be 100% while doing it. He went out of the game a couple of times. You heard the, you know, lady on Fox talk about C.J. Baxter not feeling 100%, but still giving it a go. Like, that's gritty work, man. That's gritty work for a lot of responsibility for a freshman coming in to this game, again, without Jonathan Brooks. And I salute all the yards and all the tough, you know, yardage that T.J. Baxter got on Saturday. Very gritty and just gully performance. Huge by him. Absolutely huge. Yeah. And then defensively, I mean, big Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy do it again. I mean, I'm writing a story right now about – the impact of these guys and just how much they mean to this, to this defense, to this team and to Andre sweat um, just and Byron Murphy, both. I mean, how about Steve Sarkeesian winner, Steve Sarkeesian for making them captains so that they got to go to the field before the game. And Sarkeesian said he wanted the Iowa state players to have to look to Andre sweat and Byron Murphy in the eyes so badass and see what fresh hell was coming to him and Tavandre again from the beginning and byron murphy one and a half sacks of uh of rocco becht right going right past jared hufford for that fourth down sack to basically seal the win Devondre Sweat goes right past Jared Hufford to block an extra point that Austin Jordan scoops and scores two points on. Big time. I mean, that is big time. And you you want that's a that's an effort play. That's a culture play. I mean, you can take extra points off, man. You can look like you're trying. And Devondre Sweat was throwing people out of the way to get his big paw up on that thing. And Austin Jordan, you know, and Austin Jordan's a guy who they're going to need next year because with uh, Jody Barron moving on, you got Austin Jordan and Jalen Gilbo kind of battling it out to be that nickel. And Austin Jordan comes from that Denton Geyer championship program. He was there with JT Sanders and Anthony Hill and, uh, 
I think there's more. I think Austin Jordan has more to give. So Denton Guy or Denton Ryan? Or Denton Ryan, sorry. There you go. Um so I'm I'm excited to kind of watch his development and Sharon Thompson, the up and down meter. I know. He on my list too, baby. Winner. 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 Third interception of the season. Man, that's I'm so proud of that dude, man. You and I have been on him hard, man. We've been on him hard. And rightfully so. The dude's been very up and down. Like after the pick sticks from Wyoming, where's he really been? Like for what he's capable of, for all the leadership that he brings to the table, we know about him bringing the secondary over to the crib and watching film and stuff. But like we weren't seeing it on the field once Big 12 play like really started. And we know what happened in the Oklahoma game. He really struggled there with the illegal shot on Dylan Gabriel and dropping the pick in the end zone. And this dude huge interception to change the game right after the horns go three and out. Like it was at the point where it's 15 to nine and the horns go three and out. And I'm like, uh Oh, Iowa state. They look like they got a rhythm. And the very next play right after you punt the ball, Rocco Beck, he tried to squeeze one in there and 28 was out there lurking user lurk and pick that thing off and switch that momentum right back around. That was such a huge play of the game. Shout out to Jaron Thompson, man. You you get an Olipop today from me. You know what I'm saying? I know, Chip, you be drinking them, but that's Olipop worthy in my book because, again, we've been getting after 28. Just We expect more from him. You know, when he had all that experience, all that college football that he's played, you know, there's a reason why Mookie Taft and Derek Williams and that rotation is what it is. Because you said it best last week. If you're good enough to stay out there, you ain't going to get pulled. But if you're up and down and nobody, you know, is kind of week to week on your production, then you see that five safety rotation that we've seen, you know, we've grown accustomed to throughout this season. So Jaron Thompson – that was a big play to change the game right there. You definitely deserve the love today on Chip and Zay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Ethan Burke gets a half a sack with Alfred Collins. And look, that second half. And Bert Auburn. Hello, Bert Auburn. Yeah. Home. Yeah, man. Consistent. Consistent. He's now hit 14 in a row. Yeah. He hit from uh, 50. In this game, he hit from 42. And thank goodness Sark called that timeout, too, because he smoked that first one going in the halftime shift. He smoked that one. I was like, no. And then he made the next. And the love that he got from his teammates, man, that's what you heard Sark today talking about culture with you guys. He went on almost a five-minute rant about culture. That was a culture moment right there. To have Adonai Mitchell and John A. Barron and all those skilled guys who put in that work to go give Burt Auburn that praise after he missed the kick where they called the timeout and then he made one just to make it 6-3. It wasn't like it was, you know, a blown out game at that point. Iowa State easily could have won the game, you know, going after halftime. But that showed me something. That made me very confident, like, oh, man, look how they're embracing Burt Auburn in this moment. This team... They're very confident, even though they know they didn't play their best first half. And you saw that in the second half, man. You really did. And, 
Yeah, I heard all what Sark said today about culture, and you see that with this 2023 10-win ball club. Yeah, and, th and that came right after Quinn Ewers had been called for intentional grounding, and so the, the field goal moves back from the 26 to the 32, so he's got to kick a 50-yarder. Uh, like you said, Zay, you know, Texas calls timeout right before. And I'm I'm still not quite sure where they – I don't know. Were they about to take a delay penalty? I was like, why is Texas calling a timeout right here? But thank God they did because Burt missed it wide left. And then on the second attempt, you know, he, he made it. And he said in the post game, yeah, it was nice to have a practice kick. <laughs> you know, he's like – that was nice. Yeah. And Iowa State called a timeout trying to ice them. But, yeah, that those points proved to be big. And Texas um, handles business. And Jared Hufford, our guy, Zay, so I'm watching him in pregame. I could tell it was in his head because when he came out, he all of his teammates went out and did all their – normal stretches and he just stayed over on the team bench listening to music now that was when they come out in their t-shirts and stuff before they put on their pads and come out so um then he gets introduced for senior night he got the loudest ovation of any player but after the game Tavondre sweat goes up to him and it's like hey man good game yeah humble yeah, yeah, let you know. Hey, bro, you didn't think we were this nice, did you? That squad that you saw, you know, we came here last time, ain't the same squad, huh? No yeah. ego, just walked over to him. Hey, man, good game. Yeah, yeah, like, again, this dude's going to be defensive player of the year in the Big 12, and you're out here poking the bear, grizzly bear, out in the wild, hunting for food, hunting for salmon. Any of that stuff, always on the hunt to Rondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. So why? We talked about that last week. It made no, it still makes no sense. It still made like again, I, I straight up chip. I would check Jared for gambling too, because we know that it's going on in Ames anyway. We know they like to gamble. I'd really look into that because the way that he was talking crazy. Facing those dudes, knowing that you have to face those dudes, I would seriously look into some gambling uh, 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 situation with Jared because that's suspicious, man. That's just batshit crazy. So something else has to be because you seven yards on the ground. You didn't move the ball at all. Rocco Beck, I told you last week, these guys with the way that Beck gets the ball out of his hands, if you get those hands up, you're going to get deflections. David Bender had one, and uh, Javondre Sweat had one, Jaron Thompson had one. Like, they were in those passing lanes, and they made life rough for Rocco Beck, even though he had two touchdowns. So, yeah, Jared, what game are you really playing? Well, and if you, if you want to know, if Steve Sarkeesian pays attention to bulletin board material, listen to this. First of all, I don't know why you'd ever call them out. That, that'd be the last thing I would do if I was getting ready to play us. But that, that was that was their their choice to uh, to call them out and to call out our culture. Quite frankly, that's how we took it. 
And so I thought our players did a nice job of staying focused on what we needed to do, and particularly those two guys. You know, they, they went into the game and focused on what they needed to do, uh, and that was dominate the line of scrimmage, the interior of the line of scrimmage, and that allowed everybody else to play. And I, it allowed our backers to play over the top of things. Um, you know, again, when you look at our three leading tacklers in the game, Anthony Hill, David Benda, Jalen Ford, you know, 18 tackles with those three guys means they're not getting blocked and they're able to go make plays. So as much as they impacted the D-line at the line of scrimmage to make plays, they also freed up guys to make plays. And so um, those guys continue to show up. They, they just are and not only great players, they're great leaders. These, these guys are, you know, Tamandre Sweat, Byron Murphy, um, you go in that locker room, that that's their locker room, you know, and and uh, they, they follow the messaging that that we try to provide. And so, as much as they are the players, who they are as leaders. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get you some of my bootleg audio um, from Quinn because Quinn Quinn was funny after this game. Quinn was funny. He was uh, he said. Uh, well, first of all, he said uh, it was – well, he's – let me see here. Okay. So, he said um, – this is what he had to say about the trash talk from uh, from Jared Hufford. I mean, it was it – was- Pretty, pretty weird, honestly, for, for us to see that. And, you know, we were going to, you know, just sit back and let our pads do the, do the talking. But, you know, we definitely brought some brought some light to their darkness, for sure. <laughs> we definitely brought some light to their darkness, for sure. Yeah, man. When it gets dark here, it's different. The Texans, they don't know what it's like. You know, they don't know what to expect. Okay. Okay, cool. We'll see. This is what Quinn said, and uh, um, you know they were talking about Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Like, can you believe this guy called out those two? This is what uh, this is what Quinn said. We kind of get him, you know, a little bit more fired up about the whole deal. I'm like, are you gonna let that happen? But no, I mean they were they were fired up enough to to to, to come on here and, and you know do what they did and especially ninety. Every time I looked up I feel like ninety was out there doing something. And you know, it's just it's awesome to see those two guys go to work and I'm I'm really glad that uh, I'm on their team. Ten and more. Yeah, he said he was talking to him all week, going up to Sweat and Murphy saying, You gonna let that happen? Yeah. You gonna you you gonna let this happen? He's trying to stir him up, punch, punch the horn and that's a little, little more. But I tell you, I was down on the field pregame. Tavondre Sweat was bouncing. He couldn't wait. Byron Murphy, same way. Bo Davis was like, I mean, plug the players, kids. He was like, fuck some people up, die. I mean, they were doing their drills, and Bo Davis was on fire. And, of course, after the game, Steve Sarkeesian went back down memory lane about how shitty that trip to Ames was in 2021 when they lost. And the Bo Davis rant got secretly recorded when he was like, y'all think this is funny? You need to get your asses in the portal. And, and Sark 
you know, told this great story about how he jokes with Bo that Del Conte is going to build a statue of Bo in the North End because that was the turning point of the program turning around and and it took, you know, Bo just ripping into those dudes to say, no, this is not how it's going to be. And and they they got to enjoy that. They got to walk out of Ames with that dub. And, you know, Matt Campbell was a blithering mess. I mean, it, it was it was a it was a lively post game. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But Quinn was cutting up, man. Yeah, I was. I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, that's what you got to do, man. If somebody's gonna talk shit about you, then hey, let our pads do the talking, like Quinn you were said, and we saw that with the 26 to 16 win and a lot of adversity self-inflict wounds from penalties to xavier worthy not only fumbling but we got to know how healthy is he because it's a short week you got texas tech on friday like xavier worthy he wasn't in for a lot of that second half you know later part of that second half so how is this team gonna adjust if it doesn't Player. They can go to more Gunham and JT Sanders on the field, some 12, maybe 22 personnel, because that's what they did in the second half. You saw Gunham get that touchdown on that play action drawn up by Sark. That was a terrific play. Like He's getting more and more comfortable, especially with the attention that gets drawn to JT Sanders. So, Xavier, where did we know he's such a big part of the team? But now I see. He got his first touchdown of the season. He's getting more in the mix. All that two-point conversion, all that sweep reverse. So I'm still confident in this squad. You know, Tech had a grimy win against, uh, you know, Central Florida. But, hey, more bulletin board material with the Red Raiders coming into town with what Brett Yormark said, or Victor Maitland, as I like to call him, villain from Beverly Hills cop with his looking ass. And, uh, yeah, I love it, man. This team is so motivated. John A. Barron said it earlier in the season. It's a championship game week in and week out. That's how we're looking at it. We know that they've given up leads, but – that type of win that they had in Ames, that showed me a lot about this ball club and this coaching staff. And, yeah, even though there's still one more to go, 10 wins, that's so special with what we've seen in the last decade-plus, Chip. And I hope this team definitely realizes that, but I think they also know they got more on the table left for the rest of this season to get done for their goals. And with that mentality – with Jonathan Brooks out, potentially Xavier Worthy out, I don't think it matters. I really don't. Like, I, I think this team is so motivated and realize that they got so much talent all around that it can make up for the losses that they have right now. So let's see if they could keep riding this momentum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Olipop to, uh, to Jordan Whittington because um, he – you know, he does all the dirty work, and the reason he got so open is he sold. It was a stock block. You know, it was I'm gonna I'm looking like I'm gonna run block, and then he just releases past Jeremiah Cooper. He's wide open, and and it's because he's such a good blocker, and he he can sell that easily. That um, you know that Iowa State super disciplined got caught, and 
and they did it kind of again with Gunnar Helm on that drag route because he stayed in for a second and then he released and he just dragged across the field. No one followed him wide open, great play, great throw, great catch. And those were big play touchdowns because the one time Texas went into Iowa state's red zone, it was the worthy fumble on the nine. And so Texas ends up, you know, getting no points out of that drive. And that was, that was, you know, that was tough because it was a, it was a nice drive. It was, um, they're in a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, instead of goal to go, the defense back on the field and Iowa state puts together a good drive. And so, you know, all in all, you know, you're going to get a good stretch of football. You're going to get some clunkers, but it, it just seems to work, you know, and it, even, even in the, in the Oklahoma game, you know, you got all the turnovers early. Um, and, and then Quinn Ewers 26 of 28 to throwing the ball to complete the OU game, 19th school record, 19 straight completions. So you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a little bit of both. God forbid they ever put together a four quarter game of just nothing but lights out football. Cause they'd probably win it 50 to nothing. Maybe, yeah. maybe they still got that up their sleeve, but um, yeah, nine yards rushing 21 attempts. Um, look, you got your hands full this week against Texas tech. Taj Brooks has become the, uh, you know, the, the guy who that offense runs through Taj is a good friend of Jade Barron's, by the way, they, they've spent Thanksgiving together. Damn, for real? Growing up. Yeah. yeah. So he's, I know he's a Mainer kid. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They're tight. They, uh, they train together. They played basketball, uh, against each other, but, um, yeah, Taj Brooks is playing his best football right now. Um, but yeah, and we're, we're going to talk to Jared Johnson of inside the red Raiders.com coming up at four o'clock. I mean, if you're the central Florida kicker, you miss the extra point that would have forced overtime. You lose 24, 23. What a smoke job. And how did I let you bleeps talk me out of the BYU OU game? Because I picked freaking Arizona state to cover against Oregon. They got curb stomped. They got prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's all me. That's all me. So what was your record this week? Cause I feel like I did. I, I think mine was terrible. Hold on. Yeah. I think um, I want to say the line for the Texans Cardinals was minus six with Houston and the Cardinals end up getting the points because it was 21. Right, you had Minnesota plus two and a half. Damn. Yes, Arizona plus six. Got that one. Nice. And then you got the Eagles plus two and a half. Okay. I had Iowa State plus seven and a half. <laughs> Arizona State plus 24 and a half. <laughs> And Texas Tech minus two and a half. Eh. Damn. 
I would have at yeah. least gotten BYU right. So I, if, for those of you who were not watching our show, when we made the picks and BK was on, I was like, I'm taking BYU to cover the 24 against OU. And then these fools are like, you know, BYU's playing without Keaton Slovis. And I'm like, well, yeah, but OU's not 24 points better in Provo, but I still backed off and went, uh, that's on me. Yeah, what well, Dylan Gabriel got hurt. Did he come back? I think so. Yeah. But I missed the end of that one. Did he get hold on a minute? We'll see here. Well, yeah. so Texas Tech ends up winning. Uh and now they've won three in a row. Rolling. Um, their best win in that stretch, uh, probably the win at Kansas. First, the third string? Yeah. <laughs> they beat, okay. So Texas Tech lost at home to K State 38 to 21. They lost at BYU 27 to 14. Then they beat TCU at in Lubbock. They went to Kansas and beat up on the third string quarterback 16 to 13 and then beat Central Florida when the Central Florida kicker missed the extra point. Mm. Yeah. 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 Tyler Shutt said he out. Peace, y'all. I ain't finishing yeah. the season with y'all. I'm out this bitch. <laughs> All right, Tyler. See you later, I guess. Don't School number three out. coming up. Yeah. Yeah, Morton said, that's my job, son. And it's crazy because after they beat Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl last year, like, Shucks seemed like the dude. Like, we're rolling with him. He's the man. He's going to, you know, take the Red Raiders to the promised land and get them to Jerry World. And, yeah, he had those injuries and – I don't know. Gotta we'll see what happens, but yeah, very interesting stuff going down in Lubbock. Yeah. And Taj Brooks, who has another year of eligibility, um, made it sound like that game against Central Florida was his last game in Lubbock. Oh yeah, he's ain't going to the league. Yeah, he's he said uh this is something that I knew I left a good legacy at Texas Tech was his quote. So um yeah we'll we'll get into we'll get into Texas Tech here um when we talk to Jared Johnson from inside the red raiders.com but Zay let me just take you back to August when you had um Brett Yormark at a uh, Red Raider Club luncheon meeting with Joey McGuire, August 23rd. And this is when Joey McGuire uh, said that he said, I know he, meaning your mark, has a plan to close the gap between the Big 12 and the SEC and the Big 10. He said, but part of my job is to close it even faster. He 
he said, part of my job is to make that team in burnt orange. If that's really a color, if that team leaves, then make sure that they're going to a conference that they can no longer compete in this conference with teams that are in this conference. So he's taking a little shot at the, at the burnt orange. Then he, he says, uh, this is, uh, he said, there's an opportunity to put the red Raiders at the forefront of this conference. And I don't want to wait till 2024 when it's a new conference. It's more important to do it in 2023 when those old two are still here so they can understand exactly who runs the big 12. And then your Mark playing the role of Vince McMahon says at this red Raider club luncheon, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. And Coach McGuire, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you'd better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. And Joey, uh, three days later, spoke at a Knights of Columbus Tech Night um, event and said, I didn't come here to win eight games. I didn't come here to beat Texas and OU in the same year. I came here to win the Big 12. So Joey's a fiery guy. He'll have his team ready. Um, but those comments, if, if you wondered if Steve Sarkeesian is a collector of those kinds of comments, yeah. 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 And, you know. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to keep your edge. Yeah. What'd you do to get get your edge, keep your edge, Zay? Were you listening to hit him up before the games or what? <laughs> hit him up by Pac. No, um, CC did a good job of keeping me locked in. You know, I think I've told you before, I would get compliments and stuff, but they wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't overdo it. That's for sure. I would definitely get the constructive criticism first, and then the compliments came afterwards. So it kept me humble. And, yeah, depending on the opponent, you kind of psych yourself up, you know, for each game. But, yeah, I mean, Ray Yormark seemed to do that for the Horns, and I don't think he thought that this Texas team would be – a 10-win team during this point of the season and just because of what he's seen in recent years from the Texas Longhorns. Oh, this team, they ain't, ain't no way they're going to beat Bama. Ain't no way they're going to, you know, be in first place of the Big 12 come November. Well, here you are, seventh ranked in the nation. You went to, you know, Tuscaloosa and got that dub, and now you're in prime position to get to Jerry World. So, Brett Yormark, you should have known from his friend Jay-Z, be careful who you talk shit about because once Jay-Z tried to diss Nas and Nas came back with Ether, a lot of people give Hove that win. I don't. Ether's one of the raunchiest, nastiest diss tracks you could ever hear ever like people will put ethers background music to just normal like shit talking memes online that's how dangerous <laughs> Nas went when he had to go at jay-z back in 2001 so right your mark he should know be careful who you talk mess about 
And yeah, the horns, like you said, Chip, just another thing to light that fire for them trying to get to Jerry World. And yeah, you think about what Texas Tech does well. Well, that's what Texas defense does well, stopping the run. And Taj Brooks, he might have said, this might be the last time I'm here at Tech because I got to play these Longhorns for the last time for my last game. Because the way that Taj's talking, I don't think he's going to be in that bowl game. I think he's going to get ready for the draft right after this game on Friday's over. So he's probably thinking, yeah, after facing Javondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and these guys, I need to get my body right for the draft. I can't worry about next season, none of that stuff, because those dudes are for real. And, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited what this Texas team can bring to the table on the short week. I am a little nervous about the health of Xavier Worthy. That's going to be interesting to hear as the weeks go on, Um, you know, just because he's such a threat. But even without him, going to 12 personnel, more Gunner Helm, maybe Jonte Cook gets thrown in the mix, but Jordan Winnington and Adonai Mitchell, JT Sanders, all those guys have shown you enough to where if Xavier Worthy were to miss this game, with Quinn Ewers taking the snaps, they should be high. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is uh, – David Benda, I don't, I don't know how many people are going to – let me see if I can find this. He uh, – He had a great name, by the way. He did. He had he a did. great name. I think Pro Football Focus gave him the highest-graded Power 5 linebacker with 86.4 this past Saturday. So yeah, David Benda, he was in that backfield. He was knocking down balls, you know, that Rocco Beck was trying to get, you know, those quick slants and those quick hitters out. Like we said, he was going to do and yeah, 33, man, he's came a long way. He's came a long way that five-year senior and shout out to him because all those linebackers, Sark mentioned them in the cut that you play, like Anthony Hill, Jalen Ford, David Benda, all three of those guys led the team in uh, tackles due to what that defensive line was doing. And that makes linebackers jobs a lot easier when you have a defensive line like the horns do. So that complimentary football, that's what we've been trying to see all year long. And I think we saw that to a T in Ames this past Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I'll, I'll find it. I'll have it for you tomorrow. But he, he said, when we get this win over tech and I wondered Ooh. how many people were going to grab onto that. I, I needed to go back and listen to it. Cause it, it's part it's, he was asked about something else. It was, it wasn't, you know, how y'all going to do against tech oh, when we get this win against tech, but he, um, yeah, there. Look, Texas. You don't have to say anything this week. You're, you know, Sark said it. He said we've been telling him since the OU game. Every week is a Big Twelve championship game. They know it now. They know they're the only team that controls their own destiny. What I think I saw Kirk Bowles tweet that the Big Twelve told him there are 128 scenarios for second place, depending on the wins and losses of everybody who's tied for I'm like big 12 quit making this harder than it is. Like just, you know, they put out a clarification last week that basically looked like it favored Oklahoma state because they've played both OU and K state and they beat them both. So they, 
get the advantage, even though OU and K-State haven't played each other. Um, and so anyway, it does, you know, if Oklahoma State wins Saturday against BYU in Stillwater, then Oklahoma State's in the Big 12 title game. So I'll take that. Because what yeah, they like to do plays right in the Texas hands, too. Right. So, Ollie Gordon, he ain't never faced a line like the Horns before. I know that's looking ahead a little bit, but, yeah, man, I take that. I like, And we owe them for that Quinn Ewers, what, 16, 49, 19 for 49 performance last season in Stillwater. Yeah, man, you owe them. You owe them. I know a lot of guys on that roster would love to get another crack at the Cowboys, especially for a Big 12 title. Oh, yeah. Give me all that, baby. little revenge tour. Hell yeah. They got TCU. They got to get Tech. And then they would get Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game. You could avenge all three. So, yeah. That, uh. That'll be that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I, I like David Bender saying that though. I like I like him saying that. Hold everybody accountable. Like no, when we win, yeah, everybody needs to be like that. That win was great in names, but we got a short week. We got to lock in. Everything's gonna be accelerated a little bit more, and we got to lock in. So yeah, that turkey might be good on Thursday, but you got a job that next day. And, yeah, if everybody's holding each other accountable like that, then that's what Sark talked about in that five-minute rant this morning. Like, the culture is there, you know? I love what he said about just picking up trash, Chip. Like, that's stuff that you learn as a youth from your parents. I remember my pop used to flick me in my ear when, you know, people would greet me, adults would greet me. They'd be like, how you doing young man? And I wouldn't say yes, ma'am, or no, sir. Pops flicked me in my ear and be like, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm like, Oh, that got me right quick. Like holding me accountable. And I've benefited a lot for those things. So just little things like picking up the trash around you and, you know, the film room or when y'all go to movies and stuff like that. And now everybody's holding each other accountable by doing little things like that. It leads to the field. Like what Steve Sarkeesian says, like, that's a real thing. If you've been in the locker room and stuff like that, like the camaraderie, everything that has to do with just doing it together is huge. Like when you see these guys go to the hospital and deal with kids that are very sick and stuff like that, like that builds camaraderie because now you're seeing things together that gives you a different outlook on life. Like, man, I'm over here at the University of Texas on a full ride playing football and this person's in the hospital for who knows what. And I'm sharing this with my teammate. Now we got a different outlook on life. Now we know that every day might be your last. So you got to make the most of it. You know, just, just stuff like that is huge. And, you know, mentioning Burt Auburn smoking that kick before the timeout and then making it going into half and just to see everybody embracing him. You're seeing that culture this year, Chip. And that's so important and that's so refreshing to see because we know how this culture was just a few years ago. Very toxic. Oh, yeah. Very oh, toxic. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. horrible. Yeah, yeah, that that toxic culture was on display in Ames two years ago when yeah. they lost thirty to seven, and everybody just started pointing fingers. All right, David Benda, 
was feeling confident today. You'll like this answer when he was asked about, you know, going up against Taj Brooks. Dude, like, I love it when teams come in and try to challenge us, whether it be on, on the ground or in the air, because that just shows just the type of versatility our defense has. We can stop you on the run, but we can also stop you in the air. You can't do too much. And I don't know. I just, I love when people just challenge me in general, because it's like, okay, bet, let's see what you got. I'll show you what I got. Know what I'm saying? Is that one of your best games? Bet. Bet. See what you got. I'll show you what I got. Yeah. Oh, you think you're the man? Bet. Show me something. Show me something. Jared Hufford. You talking all that shit? You talking spicy, huh? A little cayenne pepper with your vocabulary. Okay. Bet. Show me something. What's really good? And they did. That's what happened. You got to back it up, man. One of my favorite trash talkers of all time, Larry Bird. Larry Bird, one of the only three-time, three-straight MVPs, 1984 through 86. The dude backed it up. One of the slowest white dudes to ever touch the pill, but one of the coldest basketball players to ever touch the pill. And the dude would talk that hot shit like it was nothing and backed it up. That's what you got to do, man. Don't, Don't talk it if you can't cash that check, man. Don't talk it. And, yeah, this team, they walking with a little swagger now, man. I, I'm feeling it. I'm Steve Sarkeesian was like, that was the last thing I'd have done is call out those two. Like, you're lining up against them? You're going to call them out? That's what I'm saying. Yo, Iowa State, check Jared Hufford's phone. Check where his whereabouts. Because do might have some dinero on he might have had big money on Texas. Very, very suspicious to me. Special money. <laughs> that dude said, yo, this is my last Texas. game. I might not go to the NFL. I might not go to the NFL. Yeah, man, let me put, you know, five figures that I've got from this NIL money on Texas and see what, <laughs> and see what happens because Hunter Decker's Gambling ass. You saying he might have been lifting up sweat to block that extra point? I, I'm just saying that's how crazy he sounds. I don't want to think those things, but again, with Hunter Deckers and the rest of them boys that got called up this past season, you would have to think the boy ain't that crazy. He can't be. He can't be that crazy. He can't be that stupid. You it. know, so I love I it. My man, right on the case. Yeah, man, the dude might have had some coin on the game because I just can't think of why you would go at Trevondre Sweat and Byron Murphy like that. Like, that is just wild. Well, that is hilarious. That's what yeah. that is. <laughs> hey, we need to check it because there might have been some. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just we saying. Y'all see. know I'm petty. So check it out. Oh, yeah. But you might be yeah. onto something. Yeah, check it He'd out. He'd be like, oh, man, the Iowa Gaming Commission's done with us. No one's going to be looking in our direction. Let me get a buddy to throw some big cash down. Hell, yeah. You seen Blue Chips? You remember when Nick Nolte bum-rushed old boy's room and said, hey, we play blah, blah, blah. Did you play on the game? No, coach. No, coach. Just one time. <laughs> Just one time. My man had about six turnovers. He was shooting bricks. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, 
money rules the world at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's what's scary about basketball. It's so easy to throw a game in basketball. <laughs> oh, man, cold yeah. shooting night. I'll, I'll have it next time. Yep, you're right. Speaking of which, Max Acemas, three, no, five of 18 until the last shot. Yeah. And he hits, I mean, that dude Clark had defense. He was on, he was stuck to him. And Acemas hit that fallback fadeaway. No. Ball game. Incredible. I know Texas fans were losing their minds because Texas was an 18-point favorite in that game. and I, I don't understand why. I think a lot of Texas fans, I don't – like Texas without Dylan Dessou, they're really flawed. Like 18 no. points, like Louisville, they've won national championships before. They're going to get talent. They might not figure it out quite yet, and I know they only won four games last year, but they're going to have talent. And, you know, with what you do with it, that's, you know, yet to be seen. But, yeah, 18 points, that's a little hefty. I knew that was going to be a dogfight last night at the Garden. And plus at the Garden, like, you have to show up there. Nobody doesn't play hard at Madison Square Garden. Like, come on. Just all the history that's been in that arena – you know, probably most historic arena in the world, especially in the U.S. Like, yeah, you knew you were going to get Louisville's best shot. And Sky Clark, Sky Clark was a top 25 player coming out of high school. He committed to Kentucky, and then they got some big-time recruits, so he ended up going to Illinois, and now he's at Louisville. So, yeah, I, they got some guys over there. I, I see a lot of Texas fans blowing up my Twitter like, oh, yeah, they won on the last second shot. That ain't shit. This team ain't and like, okay, whatever. This team is flawed. I will admit that, especially without their best player, Dylan DeSue, until they get them him back. We don't know what this Texas team is going to be. But let's give Louisville a little bit more respect. Well, Vegas too. Winner, Caden Shedrick. That dude's cold, man. 27 points, 11 15 shooting, hits free throws. He was, he is, now I know why he left Virginia because this dude is a skilled basketball player. You know, knew to flop a little bit on that foul, got, got the call, hit the free throws. Uh, in a one-possession game, do whatever it takes. Get to the line. Do what you got to do. And Alipop, winner on a Winners and Losers Monday, winner, Texas free throw shooting. They hit 17 of 23, and for them, that is all world. Dylan Mitchell was five of six from the line. Huge. Alipop to Dylan Mitchell for hitting free throws. Yeah. Because yeah. that was a that was a free throw game. You had to hit your free throws, and they hit twenty seven to thirty one. Yeah, and that's always dangerous. Like one stat that I'll always talk about, specifically with college basketball: if the opposing team makes more free throws than you shoot, probably eighty percent of the time you lose that game. Yeah, just because in college basketball, thirty second shot clock, there's limited possessions. It's not like the NBA, and you know, just the guys—they're not as skilled, so you're not going to see threes hit at that type of rate. So you got to get to the line and make them count. And the team that's the most aggressor, which is the team that shoots more free throws than the other team, usually, the fact that Louisville made more free throws than Texas even shot, and the Horns still won that game. Like Texas should have won that game. 
You saw it with Ronnie Terry and how he celebrated. <laughs> Coach Terry acted like it was a national championship with the way that he jumped out of his seat. But he knew they weren't supposed to win that game, man. They had a lot of just just bad fouls, being in the wrong position. And one thing that you're going to see with the Horns throughout the whole season that I've talked about uh, with you, Chip, already is the fact that their guards are so small, they're going to get attacked. And you're going to have to overhelp. If you're the bigs like Brock Cunningham and Dylan Mitchell and Caden Shedrick and Zirko Yema, you're going to have to overhelp because Max Acemas, anytime Max Acemas is guarding anybody, you're going to the cup. You're just going to have to take him to the cup and see what he could do. And guys are going to come to help him out and double team, which is going to leave open different guys on the perimeter. And that's kind of what you saw with Louisville. So Max Acemas, he's not a bad defender. He keeps guys in front of him. But the dude, like we talked with Jeff, he's only about 5'10". So there's, you know, as good as defense as you play, if you got a 6'7 guy on you or that's, uh, you know, playing – and you're checking him, then he's just going to rise over the top. And I think the Horns, they're going to get in trouble at times. Tyrese Hunter, same with him. As good as a defender he is, sometimes when he gets taken down low, guys shoot over, right over the top. It's easy. So they're, they're going to have to figure that out. Obviously, with the Sioux coming back, that's another shot blocker, which is big. But, yeah, tonight against UConn, man, Woo! those yeah. UConn dudes. Oh, that's – them boys watching them play against Indiana, them boys ain't playing. I was like, dog, I thought winning the national championship, you lose guys. Like, they lost their big man, Adama Sonogo. They lost Hawkins to the Pelicans, which is having a really good rookie campaign earlier in this NBA season. They lost Andre Jackson. So who they bring back? Preston well, Newton. Tough, man. 6'5", guard. He's so good. El Paso native, so this game's going to mean a little bit more to them. They got the home court advantage basically by being in the Connecticut area and playing in New York City. So the fans going to be on their side. But yeah, yeah this is going to be ugly. This, I don't, this is going. This could be ugly. This you know? is going to be ugly because Caden Shedrick. You guys yeah. got five players averaging double figures. I mean, yeah, because Caden Shedrick, who was terrific yesterday. Going against Donovan Klingon, who's 7-2 and blocks shots out the yin-yang. It just makes life tough for opposing offensive players. Uh, I don't like that matchup one bit. Like It's going to be a but I I'll give Shedrick – he'll be crafty and he'll get Klingon to make a dumb foul or something. He'll – but, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Cam Shedrick's going to have trouble getting his shot off. That's what scares me. Yeah, he is. He is, because they're going to leave him one-on-one. That's what Louisville did yesterday, and it ended up biting them in the ass. Like, every time Caden Shedrick got the ball, they just allowed him to go one-on-one, and Texas players are just standing around. And if you have those one-on-one matchups as a big man, you got to win those. So, Because Shedrick was the only one hitting shots, say. You're right. And, look, Ace Miss will probably get it. You know, he's not going to hopefully have too many games where he's 5 of 18 before he – puts up the game-winning jumper on a fadeaway from 15 feet. Like, that was a no, 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 yes! <laughs> but but I'm looking around the floor, and I'm like, who else do I want to take that shot? Either Shedrick or Ace Miss. They're the best, most experienced players on the team. 
Yeah, even though Ace Smith didn't shoot the ball well, he can get his shot off on anybody. And he's a tough shot maker. He's been here before, even though it's been at a G5 school like Oral Roberts. Like, he wasn't afraid to take that shot. And that was a big-time one that he hit. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of, you know, IT Horton maybe. He was getting it going at, you know, certain point of the game. He had a couple of nice buckets, a couple of pull-up jumpers, backdoor cut for a layup. But, you know, I don't know. Again, until this team gets Dylan DeSue and hopefully Dylan DeSue can stay healthy throughout the season, we're not going to know, you know, the complete pedestal of where this team is at. So this team is still a work in progress and they'll get tested tonight against UConn. All right. Texas and UConn basketball tonight, six o'clock. So um, get ready for that. But right now let's check in on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who will be coming to Austin on Friday. Our man, Jared Johnson, inside the RedRaiders.com, part of the preeminent 24-7 sports network. JJ, happy Thanksgiving week, man. Happy Turkey Day, Chip. How you doing, man? Hey, you know, just uh, happy to be alive, happy to be, you know, Watching college football, covering college football. Um, we got some of the best jobs going. So, um, and here we are, uh, Jared. I mean, I can't believe it's the end of the se- end of the regular season. It seems like you know August rolls around and then it's Thanksgiving. But um, how about a big win for Tech this past weekend? Down fourteen zip to Central Florida. Uh, comes down to a blocked extra point. For, for Tech, take us through that one. Yeah, it was a wild game. I thought it was a coin toss game. I thought if it was at UCF, that UCF probably would have won. It was that tight between the two teams. Their offense with Plumley Plumley coming back, their quarterback, their, their dual-threat quarterback, they're pretty effective. They're pretty uh, – they're a dangerous offense now. They are. So I was nervous about that. But Tech was able to bow up, make the plays they needed to. And what was crazy with that block extra point is Jalen Hutchings – one of Tech's best players, he went down with an injury. The guy who went that went in, Amarian Banks, is the guy who blocked that oh, wow. extra point, made a big play. Uh, and he also forced pressure that caused uh, a big turnover for Texas Tech in the second half as well. So out of nowhere, you lose one of your top players, a young guy or an inexperienced guy who hadn't made a lot of plays in the past, goes in there and makes two winning plays for you. That was a big standout from that game. Yeah, Jared, this team had a lot of hype coming into this season. I mean, you go 8-5 and five in 2022, you have that big win at the Texas Bowl against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, and it seemed like Tyler Shuck was the guy, you know, and he had his injury early in the season, and now he's left. Take us, you know, through that process of him leaving. What have you heard on why we know Morton's, you know, the starter now, and that's where McGuire is going from here on out. But again, like I said, it seemed like Tyler Shuck was Joy McGuire's dude from here on out, and that's obviously not the case anymore. Yeah, I mean, you answered it. Uh, it is the Baron Morton era. I think that's kind of that's the overall takeaway from that is it's Baron Morton's time to take over the offense and. Uh, even though Tyler Shuck does have at least a season of eligibility, y'all know how it is now between the COVID years and medical red shirts. It seems like guys play forever uh, more than like more than ever. It's, it's insane. And Shuck's one of those guys. He's been playing college football for a long time. So people didn't know if he was going to try and, and 
maybe go for the draft or maybe even hang it up because he's had a lot of injuries that he's had to battle through. He's and he showed a lot of toughness. Uh, a lot of guys would quit with some of the injuries he's had just year after year. But no, he's uh, I did hear through the industry that Tyler Suck's name was going around, and it makes sense. The guys won big games. Um, they're parting ways on good terms, both Texas Tech and Tyler Shuck, which is nice. They did, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. So, uh, you know, and he won big games. He did. He, he was MVP of uh, the Texas Bowl last year, a uh, big win over Ole Miss, and won four games in a row to end that season. But uh, a lot of injuries, and it's been tough to see him go through those those major injuries. But, uh, you know, Shuck might go somewhere and, and play lights out. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, so he's injured and out. Yes. Um, yes. Baron Morton. Let's talk about Baron Morton and what you're seeing from him um, because Tech's on a three-game winning streak right now. They are. Uh, and Baron Morton, him, his return after being injured has played a big role in that. There's no doubt. Uh, but he's limited because he, he still is. He's not injured, but he's hurt. He has a uh, shoulder sprain. That's public knowledge. Uh, that's kind of, you know, slowed some of his effectiveness, but in his arm strength, but he's getting better and better. Last year was, or last week was really good through a couple of touchdowns. He did have one interception, but he's been playing efficient off what they're doing offensively with Taj Brooks in, in the running game, which has really been the story of the offense for Texas Tech this season. Yeah, Jared, talk about that running game a little bit. Brooks, who we've seen around these parts, him being the Maynard kid coming back to Austin. I know that probably means a lot for him. But I saw after the game, this might be it for him, which it's interesting because he has another year of eligibility left. But we all know in the NFL, you, as a running back, you better get there as quick as possible because your life expectancy is very short. But, yeah, he seems like the bell cow guy for this whole entire Red Raider offense and yeah, just not being being without him for the next season, that'll probably be huge for the Red Raiders. Yeah, he's been spectacular. You know, I don't I don't throw that kind of word out there. Um, got to cover Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech. He was pretty spectacular. Uh, they've had a, a couple of really good players in the last decade I've covered Texas Tech. Taj Brooks this season is right up there. He's taking his game to a whole nother level. Um I think pro football focus actually posted on Twitter here this last week that he's broken more tackles than anybody in the country. I think Jonathan Brooks is really high on that list, by the way. Uh, but uh, he's, I, he's, he's taken another step into producing one of the top se one of the top seasons by any running back in Texas tech history. And he's also a really good guy, uh, you know, and, and he's also since day one, his freshman season contributed but he's gotten a lot better uh, this past season. It's crazy. Yeah, he's uh, – I didn't realize he's a buddy of Texas uh, nickel corner Jody Barron. Like, they've spent Thanksgivings mm. together. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know they yeah. were that tight. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, I was, you know, learning about that. And so, the passing game, Jarrett, just talk about – you know, I think Texas fans know about Jaron Bradley, but talk about what uh, what's making the Texas Tech passing game go. Well, it's not the uh, Texas Tech passing game, the air raid that I think you know most fans are used to. It's uh, been inefficient, the passing game for most of the season. 
But Jaron Bradley did have a big game against Kansas. Uh, some big plays on a game-defining drive. Uh, Miles Price is supposed to come back from injury, which is a big deal inside uh, receiver. Uh, Coy Aikens, a guy from Stephenville, who as a redshirt freshman has been really good. Um, their tight ends, uh, Baylor Cup uh, and Mason Tharp are both big targets who could run. So the passing game is not what you're used to from Texas Tech, but it's still it's effective again off the running game. What about this defense, Jared? How do you see them matching up with Texas's offense? We know Jonathan Brooks obviously won't be available. C.J. Baxter had a solid game against Iowa State. We don't know where Xavier Worthy is health-wise, but knowing all of those things, how do you think this Red Raider defense is going to fare up against Quinn Ewers in this offense? Well, I mean, Texas's offense has been very good. So, I mean, it's it's a big challenge. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of challenges here. Kansas has a good offense that Texas Tech uh, went up against and did very well. Uh, UCF, kind of kind of the same thing. I mean, they, they were really explosive, had just blown out uh, Oklahoma State, but Texas Tech rose to that challenge too. So it'll be interesting to see if the defense can do it once again. Perhaps the the biggest challenge of, of that, that list uh, with how Texas has been. So I think Jalen Hutchins, if he's actually available, he got hurt in the in the last game. Coach McGuire said earlier Monday that he does expect him back, but uh, if you know what to see, I think that's huge. He's a big part of what they do. Uh, the linebackers have been playing well, but Jacob Rodriguez, who's uh, played the last couple of games and led Tech in, in tackles, he's going to be out because they're red shirting him, which is kind of a different thing. He was hurt for most of the year, hadn't redshirted yet. He's played in four games, and he didn't want to lose a whole year of eligibility, but he may be their best player on defense. So it's crazy that he's not going to play against Texas, but um, that that would be a factor. So there's a lot going on with the defense, but they've been playing really well here in November. What uh, what about special teams, Jarrett? How would you size that up? Gino Garcia just made a 52-yarder that was huge in that victory over UCF. Uh, he struggled in the season opener against Wyoming, but he came on, and he's been really good. He's made some big kicks. He has a big leg, so you like him. Uh, Austin McNamara has been playing. He's one of those guys. He's been playing at Tech for like 10 years. You know, I, th I think it's literally his fifth year for, uh, hunting for Texas Tech, but he's one of the best in the Big 12. Miles Price coming back, who I mentioned before, at inside receiver is their punt returner. He's been pretty explosive. He's been one of the better uh, punt returners that Texas Texas Tech has had in, in the last couple of years. So special teams has been really good. It's been a bonus this, this season for sure. Yeah. What's the vibe on Joey McGuire here in year two? I mean, again, so much expectation coming off the eight and five season mm -hmm. and then 2022. And a lot of Raiders, Red Raiders fans would think that it's a downgrade. We're just now getting your sixth win, getting bowl eligible going into this last game of the season. But, you know, Jared, with all of the adversity and injuries that have happened you know, for this Texas Tech team, it's kind of acceptable. But what's the vibe for Texas Tech fans? and Joey McGuire moving forward. Yeah, yeah I think you, you said a lot of it. I mean, uh, there were huge expectations, and no matter what, it's been a disappointment. It's been a disappointing season. At the same time, yes, it's also true there's been there's been adversity. 
but that's a part of a college football season, right? And I, I don't think anybody's making a lot of excuses. It has been a letdown from preseason. They have won three in a row, just as we sit here today. They beat TCU. Uh, they beat a ranked Kansas team there in Lawrence. That was a big, that was a huge win. And then beating UCF here last week. So at least they are bowl eligible to keep that going. I mean, that that is meaningful. Um, they also did secure a winning record in the Big 12, which for Texas Tech is significant. So there are some positives. But compared to preseason, preseason expectations, it has been a major letdown. There's no denying that. Yeah. Jarrett, I mean, Tech was in a one-possession game with Oregon. I mean, they were driving uh, for a chance to tie or win that game. Take us through that game. You're talking about the Oregon game? You cut out a little bit. I'm yeah, on the, the road. If, if people can't. I mean, everyone, <laughs> so, yeah. The Oregon game, yeah. They, they were minus four uh, in the turnover department. I mean, I hate to be so simple, but uh, Oregon's a very good team. Uh, Texas Tech played them really well, but they were minus four in four to nothing in the turnover department. That is very difficult to overcome. I mean, period in football. Yeah, what's the vibe on with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve? Obvious, a lot of Red Raiders think that, or fans think that, hey, it's time for us to rule the big 12 and with the four teams coming in from the pac 12, I don't think it's going to be easy as a lot of Red Raiders fans think, but I do think y'all have a big time advantage. Y'all getting Micah Hudson, the big time kid from Belton, you know, top five receiver in the nation. So things are still going y'all's way in that sense, but overall, like just what's the vibe on, you know, kind of being the top dog in a way in the big 12. I don't know if Texas Tech's the top dog or any of the fans think that. I mean, of course, everybody wants to, you know, have success. But I don't think anybody – I haven't heard anybody claim that. Um, the vibe about OU and UT leaving, I, I mean, it's it's been such a long process. At first, I mean, the emotions ran the gambit, of course, from oh well to panic and everything in between. Um, you know, I, I think – yeah, I think the I think there's definitely it's split. I think some people are like, oh, you really like to have those two schools, those two programs, and play against them, and what it means, and monetary, and all that, what it means to this, this the university and and to Lubbock, the the city. But at the same time, I mean, I think the vibe right now is that at least the the future of the Big Twelve appears to be viable. When when it was first announced the OU and UT were leaving, it looked like the big 12 was going down and then everybody who was left in the big 12 really it wouldn't matter anymore. So at least the conference is viable. There's a future that looks like, um, with potential, you know, uh, the TV contracts as well. So it looks like they're, they're actually going to, going to matter, not get left behind, you know, left uh, without a chair with the, when the music stops. Jarrett, what about, uh, Grant McCasland and the Texas Tech yeah. basketball Red Raiders. Yeah, they're three and zero, and they're not. Oh, Uh-oh. we lose. I think we, we lost his headphones. All right. uh, well, 
Yeah, I hope he's all right. Being no wreck or nothing or rear end anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to reconnect with Jared. Just get his thoughts on uh, new men's basketball coach Grant McCasland. And what do you think of that hire, Zay? Um, I mean, they kind of been searching for the next beard. Obviously, Mark Adams didn't work out because he was doing sketchy stuff. But yeah, we'll see. You know, the dudes won games at a lower level, but Texas Tech, their facilities, man, are grade A. Like, you put them up against the Carolinas, Dukes, and Kentuckys of the world. Like, their basketball facilities are top tier, and, you know, they care about basketball there. Like, United Supermarket Arena is one of the toughest places in the nation to play. Like, you've been there for Texas games and how rowdy and loud it gets. Like, have, it's for real. So, it's an appealing place for recruits and transfer guys and I was there for the Texas game where Beard returned and it was nothing but F you Beard (laughs) you know and that I've been to Fog Allen Fieldhouse the supermarkets arena was that was the loudest I've ever been in yeah that's how much vitriol there was in that building for for Chris Beard, you know, for leaving Tech to to go coach Texas, but yeah, I also that's also where Bobby Knight and I made television history together when uh, they held the freaking introductory press conference on the floor of the then Spirit Arena, and. I'm trying to ask him real questions about did he undergo anger management, and he's like, you know. <laughs> My wife has a saying, when the horse is dead, get off it. The horse is dead, get off it. And I was like, I have a follow-up question. He's like, no, no, I think we, it's time to move on. Uh, and um, and he goes, how many people want to hear a follow-up question from this guy? And they're all like, boo. <laughs> so I went and got back in line and then got up and got to ask a follow-up question. He goes, hey, everybody, here's our follow-up question. And I said, the last time you were here, you said you wouldn't come back here until the turn of the next century. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm here now. And I'd like to tell you all about Minute Maid Orange Juice. I mean, it was nutso. And then the next morning, he's holding a team meeting right outside that, you know, supermarkets arena. I'm the only one there at six in the morning because the meeting was at five. It's freezing. Damn. He comes out and I'm like, and I talked to like Mikey Marshall, a couple of the players who came out and I see Knight and I'm like, hey, um, Bob, uh, Chip Brown, Associated Press, just wanted to, you know, some of the players, you know, what, what message do you want? I'm not talking. I'm like, <laughs> I go, I'm the only one here. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking about this. And so then I see Pat Knight and I kind of run over to him. And right before Bob Knight gets into his car, he he yells to me, Hey, that deal yesterday, that was pretty good. Uh, And then he gets in his car and I'm like, so he likes it if you stand up to him, but only to a point. Right. Right. Show me you got a little something. But don't 
don't don't step over the line. Don't think, you know, you can embarrass me, whatever. But anyway, that is one of my all-timer memories in Lubbock. Yo, man, that dude, say what you want about him. He was a basketball genius, man. Yeah, if he never had to talk to people and it was just about basketball, like if he could just get rid of the whatever, yeah. <laughs> the piss that was inside of him, you know, so like, competitive. It was just like too competitive. Where you're asking them about anger management. If you get anger management questions, something's wrong because nobody yeah. again. You're professional. People in the business, most of the time, are professional, so their jobs are riding on the questions that they ask. You're not gonna ask that shit for no reason. It's there. It's been there for years. Dude well, threw chairs and choked players. Come on. Be yeah, between us girls, Pat and I told me he'd undergone anger management. I was trying to give him a chance to, like, open up about it. He don't care. Talk about it's better than his life. He needs it. He recommends it for other folks. Like, yeah, Bob Knight could have been, like, a spokesperson for people that have anger problems that have went and gotten help. But like John McEnroe, he turned his anger problems into a line of endorsements, you know? <laughs> yeah, Yo, Rick Barnes, CB points out, Rick Barnes loved Bob Knight. Everyone loved Bob Knight at the end because he was just trying to get to 902 wins. That's it. He, he coached right up until he passed that, and then he was done. And... At that point, as long as you like got on bended knee and showed how much you respected Bob Knight and how much he'd done for the game, if you played that game with him, he would be there for you. And that's what Rick Barnes did. Rick Barnes would go to him for advice and everything. And Bob Knight just appreciated that Rick Barnes saw him as a, you know, for the respected basketball mind that Bob Knight is. And they had a very friendly relationship. In fact, when Barnes stole a game out in Lubbock with a fantastic, you know, timeout inbounds play, um, it was like an Oh three, I don't know, but he beat him when he had no business beating him out in Lubbock. Bob Knight said to Barnes, great job, great job. Like, you know, instead of just huffing off and not shaking his hand or whatever, Bob Knight was like, that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. Like, now I don't know what he told his players in the locker room. Right, that was probably completely different. Like, you idiots. Oh, yeah. Yo, CeCe spent a week with Bob Knight in the summer, went to Lubbock, left me and my mama at the crib, went to Lubbock, just to spend a week with him and pick his brain, which I'm thinking, hey, CeCe, can you go, like, spend a week with Jerry Tarkenton so I could average 20? Like, this motion offense, it isn't working for me. <laughs> I get what he was doing. It makes sense. But I'm just saying, you know, that dude, he was a basketball genius, man, because CeCe – I don't think he cares for Lubbock too much. For him to spend a week there, it better be worth it. And, yeah, pick Bob Knight. Well, was he nice to your dad? 
Yeah, he took him out for a steak dinner, like one of the popular steak joints down there in Lubbock. He said oh. they went to a secluded room. So Bob Knight obviously had, you know, all the perks and stuff like that. And CC said it was the best steak he ever had. So yeah, it's he always cherishes that. Was he like talking stories about coaching Michael Jordan in the Olympics and stuff or what? I don't know. I never I never asked. I never asked. I just that's knew. what I would love to know. Like, you get around some coaches, like John Calipari. He can't wait to tell you every story he's ever had with every name drop, every thing. Other coaches, you don't get anything out of them. And Knight, you would think that, you know, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what kind of storyteller he is. Yeah, I got to ask my pops about that because you're right. He's never uh, – I guess CC can't be grilling about X's and O's the whole time. I mean, damn. You know, they have to talk about other things. But, yeah, well, you bring up Calipari. That's how he recruits all that name dropping and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. I know this guy. I know that guy. Me and Devin Booker you know, right now. You know the great story about Calipari and Worldwide West – um, Worldwide West, who is the connector of basketball, knows everyone has helped Calipari recruit. It helped Larry Brown recruit. And that's why Calipari said, we'll never lose a recruit to Texas because he had Worldwide West. And West would, you know, offer influence from NBA players to recruits and they would do whatever he wanted. You may get Trey Johnson, Cal. So I'll say that, but keep going, Chip. Well, Wes, I mean, Cal Perry knew Wes from the time he was a young guy. And Cal Perry was nice to everybody. Like, I'm, I'm, they had some situation where he saw Cal Perry being nice to someone he absolutely didn't have to be nice to. And it it stuck with Wes. And when he started moving up the ranks, he went to Cal Perry, helped, they helped each other. And Wes is one of the greatest influencers in basketball of the last 30 years. And you want to know why Larry Brown got players at SMU? Because Cal Perry told him, hey, help Larry get some players this cycle. And Larry got players. So Cal Perry's always had that. And now he, he wasn't nice to John Chaney because John Chaney wanted to beat the hell out of him. You remember that? Oh, God. Press conference. Yeah, Chaney <laughs> came into Cal Perry's press conference and started yelling from across the room. Yo, he was ready to squab. He was like, yo, I've been in Philly for a long time. This is how we get down around here. You trying to, you know, cause some havoc? I'll show you havoc. Oh, yeah. He, like, threatened to kill him. I mean, <laughs> I was worried my man Cheney was going to pop a vessel. Oh, just... my gosh. John Cheney with his Uncle Ben-looking self. Oh, God. John Cheney did a number on Texas basketball early in Barnes's career. They went to New Orleans. They had to play Temple. Oh, and Temple dragged them down into the slowdown that 
that freak defense that Cheney played. And I'll never forget because I bumped into him on Bourbon Street after the game. Cheney or Barnes? No, no, I bumped into James Thomas. Oh. And so he goes, he goes, that was the most fucked up halftime I've ever been a part of. Cause he said, he told uh, Maurice Evans, the only per no, he told the team, he said, the only person I want shooting, shooting threes is uh, Darren. Uh, oh God. Little scrawny guy on that what team. What year is this? This 01? Oh, yeah. 2000? I want to say like Darren Alford or something. But, and then at halftime, because Darren was missing everything, he's like, okay, Mo, Mo Evans, you can shoot threes now too. I mean, it was just oh, like. Darren Kelly, yeah. Yeah, Darren Kelly. Darren, Darren Kelly. Kelly, yeah. And James Thomas was like, that was so messed up. And then he's like, and Chris Owens is like flipping over chairs and everyone's like, you ain't that kind of guy. Like, where's that been all year? You know, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I love James right. Thomas, dude. James Thomas. Yeah. The all-time leading rebounder until uh, until um, my man um, – Oh God, number five, the all-time leading rebounder. Now played with Durant, Damian, Damian James. Yeah, Damian James. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that roster. Bar should have done more with that old one team. Oh, that lost first round. That was first round of Temple. That was a tournament game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Maurice Evans league. Chris Owens league. Royal Ivy, he was only a freshman, though. Yeah, James Thomas, Brandon Mouton, Brian Boddicker. <sighs> when 11 came, though, that changed everything. That's why that was an important time, because you lose first round, you don't get the number one player, number one point guard in the nation very often. And the fact that TJ Ford said, you know what, I'm just going to go right down the street to Austin for my career. Changed everything. Changed yeah, everything. and Barnes had to go to Sonny Vaccaro. Like, if you've seen the movie Air. Yeah, who's Sonny Vaccaro in Air? Is that, uh, that's Matt Damon, right? Or is yeah. that? Did you <laughs> see the movie Air? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you got to see it, dude. It. Yeah, I that heard it's movie. Slow. I heard so it's Sonny Vaccaro, Sonny Vaccaro, at the time that TJ was coming out, was at Adidas and he had TJ ready to be an Adidas guy. And that's Kansas. And, you know, Texas is a Nike school. And Rick said he flew out to meet with Sonny Vaccaro to say, Hey, Sonny, I'm begging you. Can you, can you let TJ go where he wants to go? Because, I think his mom, they they want him to go to Texas. And Sonny was like, all right. So he didn't he didn't muscle him, he didn't pressure him. And Rick Barnes said it's the only time he ever did that. The only time he ever 
went to that length to try to make sure that that recruitment was going to not have any last second hiccups. He said it was the only time he went to talk to someone like that about a recruit for TJ. Yeah, you gotta you gotta see the movie Air, dude. Yeah, I gotta check it out. It's hard. I mean, that's your I, movie. I know what, you know what Sonny Vaccaro looks like. He don't look like no Matt Damon. Come on now, come on. I hey, get it. Matt Damon, Matt Damon gained like fifty pounds for this movie. Still, and he's still two times more attractive than Sonny Vaccaro's Italian ass. Oh, for sure. Come on, Sonny man. looks like a troll. Yeah, so he, he looks like the white John Cheney. <laughs> like the dude. Yeah, he well, I was Matt gonna say he looked Damon? like a troll. I don't wanna Yo, I don't wanna do Cheney hey, like that. They're gonna remake a movie about Texas sports on film too. You know who's gonna play me? Michael B. Jordan. How about that? Let's just do that. Let's give me Michael B. Jordan. That makes sense. That's basically what I'll, I'll be played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Yeah, Chip and say Ryan Reynolds and Michael B. Jordan are playing you and I. Oh, yeah. That's basically what they did in air. And they had Phil Knight as uh, Ben Affleck. Come on, man. Ben Y'all Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. I mean, those two have been just Y'all. collecting checks through Hollywood together. Y'all crazy. Gosh, yeah, those Boston guys. Yeah. Oh man, we got to get to it here. Uh, hey, Apple leasing kids, you got to, uh, you know, listen, get into the car. You really want to be driving because that's the way to go through life. Some of you are like, I can't afford a new car. Don't talk to me about a new car. Well, I'm going to talk to you about a new car because if you go to Apple leasing, you're not paying for the future trade in value of that car. So you're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford. And it's brand new. You're picking everything, make model of car. That's the other thing about Apple leasing. That's where the magic happens. They're going to get you whatever car you want. So they don't care what car you pick. You know, some of you are like, I don't want to deal with the dealership. I don't want to get haggled. I don't want to get muscled. With Apple leasing, they don't care. They're going to help you make the decision that's best for you, but they don't care what maker model of car it is. So get into the car you want to be driving, whether you want to keep your payments in the $400 range or go get a Range Rover. Apple leasing. 3469977 appleleasing.com tell them Chip Brown sent you um Zay and you know Great Blue Hair and Furniture look we're in the Christmas season get to greatblueheronfurniture.com pick out the best looking furniture you've ever seen and built for a lifetime greatblueheronfurniture.com um don't forget to use the promo code hookem that's our promo code for Texas Sports Unfiltered and you're going to get uh, 15% off your purchase. And you can watch your audiovisual um, consultations, big screen TV with surround sound. Maybe you want some new lighting in a room, electronic shades, surveillance, audiovisual consultations, avconsultations.com. Just 255-8678. And our man, Tom McKay, and his crew will bring everything to you. You don't have to move a muscle. Um, all right, Zay, I'm going to get into the chip shot here. You ready? Let's get it. All right. So go up to Ames and it's beautiful night, beautiful night, like crazy nice, 60, 60 degrees. And 
I'm walking around on the field because we get to do that at away games. We don't get to do that at home games. Why them. is that? I don't know. It's so stupid. It's like, what are you worried about? We're writing love letters about your football program. Like, what are you worried about? We're going to talk to a recruit. We talk to them all the time, all day, every, I mean, it's like, so anyway, I'm walking around on the field. I'm talking to, you know, the guys from Fox. I'm talking, I see L'Oreal Sarkeesian. I've never met her. I don't know her, but then I see Jonathan Brooks in his knee brace with his teammates talking up CJ Baxter, talking up Jaden blue, just telling him, Hey man, you're ready. You're ready. Just do you and, and run hard, just run as hard as you can, you know? And I just thought, okay, wow. And then the team comes out and you see, Tavondre Sweat is the most hyped of anyone. And Byron Murphy's the second most hyped of anyone. And when you have your big guys, the most feared guys on the team, the Zay Colliers of the world running the show, everybody jumps in line and takes on your energy. And I just watching uh, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy go through the um, you know, the pregame drills with Bo Davis where Bo Davis is yelling, F them up. I want you to F up somebody today. Um, I'm seeing it, you know, I'm seeing it. And then Quinn Ewers after the game joking about how he was trying to, you know, get to and Byron even more pissed off at that Jared Hufford guy. Like you're going to let him do that. You're going to let him get away with that. And it, this is a cool team. There's a lot of team in this team and, you know, culture, whatever um, we've talked about it. And I've said Steve Sarkeesian deserves a ton of credit for putting so much into that. And he talked about it today. He said, we, we went out of our way to work on the culture by having the culture Wednesdays during the summers where players the whole team would meet on Wednesdays in the team meeting room. And then each week they would go off with a different group of players until everyone on the team had been in a group with everyone else. So every week it was fresh and different, but you're in with other guys and you're talking about who you are. And I've I've told you that that was like the a number one, mo of dick tomey who's considered one of the greatest team builders of all time when he left arizona he was the all-time winningest coach at hawaii and arizona um the guy just won games at places that were hard to win and and so kudos again to steve sarkeesian for putting all that in on the on the culture because after being at that iowa state game when they lost 30 to seven and the Bo Davis rant and, you know, telling guys to get in the portal, it was as bad as it could be because you had monkey gate the week before. Now this video's getting out like 
that ain't culture. That's snitching. And that gets out. And Texas looks like a laughing stock. They're in the middle of a six-game losing streak, the longest losing streak since 1956. And that was the lowest day. That was the lowest day. And Sark talked about it. And he said uh, it was ugly in the moment when that video got out. And he said, but in a weird, twisted way, I'm glad it got out because everyone needed to hear it. Everyone needed to put attention on it. And he said everyone could hear Bo Davis's passion in his voice as he was saying, you know, I'm not laughing. I just got my ass kicked. <laughs> you know? That's my favorite. I just got my ass kicked. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, coming from and, Alabama, he wasn't used to that. He wasn't used and, to that. I mean, Bo Davis is maybe the funniest guy, too. Like, he looks like he would – rip your head off and throw it down the street. Yo, he looks like Suge Knight straight up. He looks like Suge Knight. When I, every time I see him, that's the first person I think of is Suge Knight, leader of Death Row Records, who was, oh, y'all going to be in all the videos, dancing, come to Death Row. Like, he gives me that vibe of just, yo, it ain't no nonsense bullshit over here. Mess with me all you want. But if you do, they're going to be hell to pay. And, yeah, we saw that in Ames 2021 for sure. Yeah, we got we to gotta find uh, – we got to find some – okay. Here's <laughs> – yeah, yeah, if you're listening to the app, Chip showing a picture. Yeah, I'm doing our bootleg video here. <laughs> On YouTube. Yeah, man. He looks like Suge Knight. Just, yeah. And then here's the with the beard. See, that's when he really looks like Suge Knight. When he has the beard, straight up Suge. Like, straight out of Compton, blooded Suge Knight. Like, yeah, man. That intimidation factor is real. That's when he was coaching the D-line for my Lions. Mm. Uh, winner, Detroit Lions. Um Okay, so chip shot in conclusion. What a difference, you know, from two years ago when this team was in total disarray and Steve Sarkeesian now has a team. They rally around each other. Um, They're having fun. Like, I'll be stunned if Texas doesn't come out Friday and play really good football. Um, and what did I tell you, Zay? I said, this game's going to be close at the beginning, so they're not going to have the chance to squander a 20-point lead. And they'll probably kick in like they did against Wyoming in those earlier games where they had to kind of work things out and then they pulled away. And it, it – and you know, I'm talking to someone today and we're talking about Texas. They need style points. And I'm like, you know, they, they've looked great getting those 20 point leads. You're going to get a great stretch of football from this Texas team. And then you're going to get that, you know, sputtering and coughing. And it's either going to be early, like it was Saturday in Ames, or it's going to be late after they've got a 20 point lead and it allows the other team to suddenly claw their way back in. So, 
you just have to hope that a, if you're a Texas fan, you're hoping they can just put four quarters together, but B, if you are going to have the slow, you know, sputtering and coughing, have that be at the beginning, but Oh yeah. Oh yeah. TV said Bo Davis will hold you over the balcony like Shug did. Vanilla Ice. I love that story, man. That is. Did so you wild. see the retrospect that the game day did Saturday morning? They went no. back and they showed Reese Davis being held out of the uh, the window of a fraternity house, like Vanilla Ice was being held by Shug Knight. And he's having to, <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't see that, man. That sounds pretty well, classic, though. Let's get to the right call. For show, for show. Before we get to the right call, got to shout out Covert BK, the Covert Auto Group family owned. Going into Thanksgiving, you need that vehicle that gets you to your destination. A lot of people are going out of town. The airport is going crazy. So come on, man, forget that airport and get you a Covert BK. BK vehicle so you can get out on the road and get going. Christmas is about to come up and hey, you done with that hoopty, that check engine light getting on your nerves and you like it's time for a change. Covert PK will hold you down. Dan and the team, they've been committed to giving you a high quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles for over a hundred years and they got seven terrific brands to do that. GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Cadillac, Buick, Jeep, and Ram. You go find what you want at Covert BK. So those SUVs, the two doors, the trucks, they got it all. Go check it out. If you need to, go to CovertBK.com and check out all the latest specials and inventory. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now. Not ever. All right, Chip. Congrats to you and your Lions coming back all the way from 26 to 14 and putting up 17 points in the fourth quarter. Jared Goff, three turnovers, but it doesn't matter. The Lions just staying on top of the NFC, it seems you, like. Do you see them show John Brown and his wife? I didn't see it. Yeah. Damn, I missed yeah, that. Mom, mom was wearing the Equinemius and – Amon Ra, half. half half, and half, yeah. Yeah. And JB was right next to her. And that was at the end of the game when the Lions were driving for that game-winning touchdown. So, yeah, they were, uh, they were on camera. Prime time. Prime time. Well, speaking of cameras, that's what gets to my right call here. Our guy, Amon Ra St. Brown. John and the family, I think they're going to be on the new Peyton Manning unannounced sequel for quarterback. Since they couldn't find any quarterbacks, they're just going to do NFL players in general. And Amir Ross St. Brown has signed up, Chip. So we're going to see Amir Ross St. Brown on a new Netflix series. And cameras are going to be following him around. And we're going to see an in-depth look at... Amon Ross St. Brown's life and how he gets down, kind of like we saw with Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, and Patrick Mahomes. They're, they're already following him. And it was so funny, Zay, because at the Tampa game that I went to, and I don't know if I sent you the clip at the end where he's running and thanking all the fans for coming. There's like two camera guys running with him. Yeah. And I said to John, I go, hey, what? what were those camera guys doing? Like just running with Amon. He goes, you can't tell anyone. 
but they're doing he's doing a Netflix series. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you kept it a secret. Good job. You did that because that was almost a month ago. So how did it get out? Uh Twitter. Yeah. Dove climbing, NFL insider. He put it out like he puts out a ton of things. Real credible guy. And yeah, so I'm around St. Brown. He'll be a part of it, which is gonna be terrific, by the way. The dude had another touchdown. Uh, against the um, the Bears and yeah man his dancing like in the end zone they're always on point I don't know what he hit this past Sunday but I was feeling it that dude he has some serious swagger and he, and he plans out because he knows he's gonna score oh he knows he's gonna score that dude again week after week we got to talk about the love that he should be getting that I don't see the four-letter network or NFL network. NFL network does a solid job. They'll, they'll promote them, but not as much as some of these other guys out here in these streets. Like Tyreek Hill, I see him on every other commercial and doing this and that. Like, I get it. That dude's going to Canton. I understand that. But put some respect on Amara St. Brown's name because week after week, with Jared Goff playing as bad as he did, 14 going to be open somewhere it don't matter what route it don't matter where you send him what you need him to do he gonna be open and if you throw the ball in his vicinity it's most likely gonna be a catch so yeah we talk about him here on texas sports on filter here on chip and zay but we need the whole nation talking about amara st brown mode because the dude is a bad boy man a bad boy i love it i love it yeah i'm i'm so excited for him because he's uh He's a good dude and obviously love love me some John Brown and Miriam. They're awesome. And I it was painful to they'd show Equinemius and there he is just standing there. You know, it's like, come on, man, give the guy a chance. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. Yeah. Anyone did they say who else is on it? No, I haven't seen that yet. So I think yeah. he's the only one. Interesting. Right, right now, you know, but it's smart that, you know, because quarterback, that's tough to do. Like, after seeing what Mariota, Cousins, and Mahomes went through, a lot of guys, I could see them saying no to that, especially ones that you're just trying to stay in the league, let alone have it filmed. <laughs> you're just trying to survive from week to week. You feel me? So I think going a little more, you know, outside of that position into wide receivers, maybe some old linemen, get you a corner in there. Like whoever wants to do it, which I'm a Ross smart. I think he knows how good he is, but he also knows like what we've been talking about. He don't get the credit that he deserves. This is going to get a lot of people looking his way. Like, Oh man, this brother in Detroit, he for real. And he's a good kid. And he has great parents. That his dad was Mr. Universe. Like what? Like he's an interesting fella. So I think that's going to build up his height more and give him some more credibility and recognition around the National Football League that he more than rightfully deserves. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the NFL, I think, loves him because he speaks three languages. Right. Like he speaks German, he speaks French, and he speaks English. So, you know, he's he's – an international ambassador for, for the NFL. So um, 
yeah, I was like, John, John will say, you know, my kids took the SAT in three languages. I'm like, what are they just trying to show off? Right. Like you only need one score. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Hey man. How about the news? Jimmy Johnson going into the Cowboys ring of honor. Finally. And finally. it's going to happen December 30th at the Cowboys lions game. Jerry Jones, shame on you, man. Like this should have happened 20 years ago. Yeah. You think this should have happened when the dude was coaching in Miami. It should have happened. That's how much success and love he brought to those 90 Cowboys teams. And Jerry let his pride per usual get in the way of that. And hell, he almost waited till, you know, Gil Brandt was dead to put Gil in. (laughs) Gil's the architect of America's team. I was like, God, Jerry. Dude, cold, gotta be more man. self-aware than this. The dude cold, but I like how they did it. Had Jimmy and Jerry with one another. We know all the history that they have with each other, and they too old to be beefing. Like Jerry, too old for this stuff, man. That's gonna that's gonna mess up your stress, man. You don't need to be beefing at the age of eighty. You know, right. in your eighties, like you don't need that type of just negativity in your life. So give all that up, Jerry. This should have been done a long time ago. I'm glad that he's grown. That shows growth, even at his age. You know what they say? It's hard to, you know, teach an old dog new tricks. But Jerry has obviously grown. I know his family has probably helped with that and was like, yo, man, we don't know how long you're going to be here. Let's do some things that could right your wrongs. And putting Jerry Jones in the ring of honor, one of those things that does that. I salute both of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Finally. Finally. So now I got to get to this Cowboys Lions game. Oh, here you go. So I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm working on it. Poor Bryce Young. I felt bad for him yesterday. Woo, shit. Like Duran Bland, winner. Winner Duran Bland, four picks. Foe. Foe. If he gets another one, and we're only in week 11, we got six more games. If he gets another one, he's alone. Yeah. In first place as the only player who would have five pick sixes in a season. That's impressive. And Ron Bland went to the ground. Yeah. Got up and ran it back. Yeah. Great sense of awareness right there. Can I give you another winner? SMU's Cortland Sutton. Making your Broncos look good. My Broncos. Courtland, yo man, I know we gotta go because time is up today on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But my man Sean Payton's found himself the right weed strain to keep him focused and keep everything locked in. Oh, by the way, speaking of weed strain, I knew Snoop Dogg was a damn liar. I knew it. Snoop Dogg out here talking about how he quit smoking and stuff. He a damn lie. It's just for an ad. It's just for some type of ad or whatever that he's doing for some bootleg non-smoke. It ain't bootleg, it's new, but it's some type of non-smoke fire pit. So I guess you don't get the, you know, whatever comes with it, the smoke that could be bad for you. And yeah, Snoop Dogg had us all fooled. Yeah, KD, 
35 years old, still looks like the best scorer in the league. Impressive. Great block on Lowry Marketing, too. Great block. They called it a foul originally, then they went back and reviewed it because you can do that now. Challenge the call, and great move. And they end up getting the call, winning the game. Shout out to KD. But yeah, Chip, that's about it for today, man. Yeah, tomorrow we will be back at one o'clock. One o'clock to three o'clock, back in our normal time slot. And once football season ends, we will always be at one to three. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Let's do it again tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Now, don't forget, go watch some Texas-UConn basketball at 6 o'clock. Let's go. Rock the world, baby. Let's get it. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. Cheers.